Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 12. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Luke chapter 12 and 13 is one of those passages that many would rather avoid. It's a text that is unpopular and unpleasant, certainly not a feel-good sermon. This morning's sermon won't tickle your ears, but it will change your heart. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather my heart be changed than my ears be tickled. Amen? So I've titled this sermon, The Great Divide, Luke chapter 12, and we look at verse 49. I got something to tell y'all. Today we are going to finish chapter 12. They said that in all four services. They go, woohoo! So in Luke, last night, even though today, Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 49, if you're looking at it, say, woohoo! Okay, that was too much, sir. That was. That was over the top, man. That was way too much woo-hoo. Calm down, I'm going to have to take you out. Got my eye on you. Luke chapter 12, and look at verse 49, Jesus says, I came to send fire on the earth. Isn't this a great way to start a sermon? I came to send fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how distressed I am till it is accomplished. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on the earth? I tell you, not at all, but rather what, saints? Division. For from now on, five in one house will be divided, three against two and two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law. We already knew that. And daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And then in verse 54, he also said to the multitudes, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say a shower is coming, and so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say there will be hot weather, and there is. Hypocrites. You can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you do not discern this time? Yes, in verse 57, and why even of yourselves do you not judge what is right? When you go with your adversary to the magistrate, make every effort along the way to settle with him, lest he drag you to the judge, the judge deliver you to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you shall not depart from there until you have paid 
the very last might. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Just by show of hands, were you with me last week? Were you with me last week? Okay, good. That's a good number of you because last week's sermon kind of carries into this week as well. Because last week we talked about being ready. And this week we're kind of talking about the same thing. Be ready because judgment is coming. Notice Jesus says, I came to send fire on the earth. Now, if you search the scriptures, listen, there are many things that Jesus came to do. Got a pen? John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Luke chapter 19, verse 10, the son of man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. The Son of Man has come to give his life as a ransom for many. And here in Luke chapter 12, verse 49, Jesus said, I came to bring fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. Now, let me try to make this very simple for you. Fire, listen, in the Bible is a symbol of many things, including God's presence and God's righteousness. But most often, fire is a symbol of what? Anybody know? Judgment. Very good. And just like fire is a symbol of judgment, judgment is not something that we need to play around with, nor like fire. We don't need to play around with it. Or do we need to ignore it? And what Jesus is giving us is the certainty of God's judgment. So we will listen close and pay attention and then listen for how to prepare for the coming judgment. Dateline NBC, listen at this, did an episode about a large jumbo jet that left the U.S. on a a trip to Europe and three quarters of the way across the Atlantic, the plane ran out of fuel. And in 15 to 30 minutes, the plane would hit the earth. Well, the people on the plane knew the disaster was coming, and they listened very carefully to the crew members' instructions. One comment from a passenger said, they listened to the stewardess' instructions about the life vest and the exits, even though before they took off, they heard the same instructions. But this time, they listened more intently. Because before it was only a remote possibility of an emergency landing and now was a sure reality. This is what Jesus is doing in this passage. He's waking us up to the reality of judgment so that we will listen attentively and respond appropriately. The fire of judgment is a reality. Although, listen, some people do not accept judgment. A Gallup poll, recent Gallup poll was taken. And of the percentage of people who believe that Judgment Day will come within the next 100 years, get this, 23% said very likely. 16% said somewhat likely. 16% said somewhat unlikely. 41% said very likely. And 4% had no opinion. Listen, just because people don't believe that judgment is coming does not make it any less true. Just be, you know, some people are like, well, I don't believe in judgment. I don't believe in hell. So, I'll tell you something. Just because you don't believe in hell does not make it one degree cooler. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It doesn't make it one degree cooler. Jesus goes on to say, I wish it were already kindled. 
Now, at first read of this verse, I even thought this, why does Jesus want to burn us up? But listen, Jesus isn't sadistic. And he's not looking forward to burning folk up. He's simply saying he longs for the judgment to be done with so the positive aspects and results can begin. You know, Ms. Elvira is going to have her second knee surgery this month. Second and final. Thank you, Jesus. Because you only got two knees. Amen. I'm just trying to help you all that didn't know. And so she's having her second knee surgery this month. And, um, and, and we're not looking forward to the pain, but we are looking forward to complete recovery and the result. You see, judgment not only punishes sin, but it also purifies and prepares us for a new heaven and a new earth where, wherein dwells righteousness. Now notice in verse 50, because verse 50 is the good news. He says, I have a baptism. Are you looking at verse 50? He, has, he says, I have a baptism to be baptized with and how distressed I am till it is accomplished. Keep in mind, from this point on, Jesus is only few, a few short weeks away from the time when he will go to Jerusalem, be betrayed, arrested, tortured, and crucified. Now, when we use the word baptism, we use it in reference to water baptism. But when the word baptism, if you're taking notes, you write this down, it means to be immersed. It means to be immersed. Jesus realized that in a few weeks, he would totally be immersed in agonizing pain. Jesus is going to be immersed or baptized into the fiery wrath of God. So Jesus is talking about the baptism of his death. Jesus didn't only come to bring judgment, but he came to bring salvation. And Jesus is distressed because death on the cross involved indescribable suffering. Are you listening? Death on the cross brought indescribable suffering, and although it involved suffering, it was necessary. Just like you don't want to go through the suffering of a root canal, but it's necessary, which is, honestly, a root canal is the most evil, awful, evil thing of all evils. And if you're a dentist, I love you, but I hate what you do. So it's a suffering that you absolutely have to go through to get that taken care of. It's necessary. Jesus dreaded the cross, although he was committed to it. Look at verse 51. Do you suppose that I came to bring peace? I came to bring what, saints? Division. What does it say in verse 51? I came to bring what? Division. Now, the division comes because not everyone will accept and respond to Jesus. Jesus has come to bring peace, and you will experience the peace of God when you give your heart to Jesus Christ. But you have to understand, when you give your heart to Jesus, not everyone will be happy, and it will definitely bring division. Division, listen, has been on the earth since the beginning of time. You know the story. Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, and there was division. The Bible teaches our sin has have separated us from God. That's division. There is a difference, and listen to me close. There is a difference between sin singular and sins plural. Sin singular speaks of our nature that we inherited from Adam. We were born sinners. How do you know that, Rodney? Because when you, you some of you have children, you know, you do not have to teach your child to lie. Is there anyone in here that teaches their child to lie? 
If so, I'm calling the child custody people. You're a bad parent. No one teaches their child to lie. When your child comes into the world, your child comes into the world a liar. I'm telling you all kinds of things you're going to take away today. Your child is a liar. I, I taught my kids, I brought them up that way. You know, call them for dinner. Come on down for dinner, you liars. Come on, get to the table. It's true. When they came into the world, they came into the world. Here's my point. With a sin nature, are you getting me? And they come into the world. Nobody teaches a child to steal. They just come into the world. They steal because of sin. Sin's plural is born out of sin. The Bible teaches we are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. There is a division. And because God is infinitely holy and man is desperately sinful. God is infinitely holy and man is desperately sinful. But here's the good news. Because death and division has come, listen to me, because death and division has come into the entire race through one man, life and forgiveness has also come through one man. And what's his name, saints? Jesus, you know that. Jesus says, I'm distressed to accomplish this baptism because it will answer the first division between man and God. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and come, somebody know it? Anybody know it? Come short of the glory of God. So there was a division there. But here's another division, a division in family relationships. Look at verse 52. Five are in one house, three are on one side, two are on the other. A father against his son, a mother against her daughter, a daughter against her mother-in-law. You know, I heard the story of a man, his wife and his mother-in-law, and they went on vacation. They went on a holiday to Jerusalem. And while they were there, the mother-in-law passed away. And the undertaker, listen, the undertaker told them, he said, you can have her shipped home for $5,000, or you can bury her right here in the Holy Land for $150. Well, the man thought about it, and he told him he would just have her shipped home. Well, the undertaker asked, uh, why would you spend $5,000 to ship your mother-in-law home when she could be buried right here for $150. And the man replied, well, long ago, a man died here. He was buried here. And three days later, he rose from the dead. He said, I just can't take that chance. <laughs> Copies available after service. <laughs> Some of the wives are like, you better not laugh. Laugh. There are many people, listen, there are many people, even in this room, y'all tell me, is this true or not? There are many people in this room, when they became a Christian, all of a sudden, there was a division between them and their family. Anybody? Anybody? That's a good number of us. There was a division. Jesus is saying, when you give your life, listen to me. When you give your life and your heart to me, and you decide you're going to avoid the judgment that is coming, everybody ain't gonna like it. And it's going to cause a division. You know, I've heard of stories where people have given their life to Christ and family members aren't happy. And this is the same person that was on drugs, the same person that was doing alcohol. And there was problems in prison and being locked up in ungodly and unholy behavior. And their family, when they give their life to Christ, they don't like it. You would think you would be happy for them. They come home, hey, you know what? God set me free. Because don't you know God can set you free from whatever's holding you bound? And you can say a better amen than that. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. And that's a good thing. 
And they come home, they go, oh, God set me free. Man, God set me free. I'm, 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 I gave my life to Jesus, and now I'm, I'm free from all of those things. And, and, and some family members are like, oh, well, wait a minute. Now, wait, 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 wait. All this Jesus stuff, religion is a personal thing. Now, I don't know. I mean, you probably, it was just a phase. It was just a phase. You know, calm down. It was almost like they were happier, and they've, they've told me this, that their family was happier for them when they were doing drugs and the alcohol, getting locked up and all that, versus giving their life to Jesus Christ. It's almost like people would rather have an intervention than a celebration. <laughs> Things that make you go, hmm. You'd rather have an intervention than a celebration. We should be happy. Youth, I've heard this. Youth give their life to Christ. They come to church and give their life to Christ. And before giving their life to the Lord, they had school and all kinds of problems at school. And every other week, and they're in the principal's office, and they've gone to counseling, and you've done everything. They give their life to Christ. They go home and say, Mom, Dad, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Oh, well, now, wait, 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 wait. What about all that Jesus stuff now? And they were happier for them when they were having problems. Listen, and then it causes a division in the home. Here's why. Listen, this is why there is a division in the home. You know why? Because of fragrance. What you talking about, Willis? Because of fragrance. Because of what you smell like. And because what they smell like. What you talking about, Willis? 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15 tells it like this. You are the fragrance of Christ among those being saved and among those perishing. To the one, we are the aroma of death leading to death, and to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. Listen, when you're walking with Christ, serving the Lord, loving the Lord, seeking to do what's right, it is a conviction to those who aren't. And that is why you don't get invited to the party. Did you hear me? That's why they don't invite you to the party, because you are one big conviction. A guy at church, I was after church, amen, brother. <laughs> Boy, that really hit you, didn't it? I got me the same way when I preached it last night. I, right in the middle of my sermon, I went, wow. I'm telling you, man, that, mm, that told me up. And, uh, but it's true. And between services, this guy today, this guy came up to me, he says, uh, he says, uh, man, and this guy had just come back from Afghanistan, and he has a team of guys, and they go in and they snipe people out. Well, I don't know what they do. He can't even tell me. It's a secret operative mission or something. I figured it out, though, because I asked a lot of questions. <laughs> and he was telling me, he said, you know, he said, you know, that, 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 that's so true. He said, the guy's in my unit. And these are the guys that he's in charge of. He says, they don't, they don't like me. He says, they don't like me. And, I, I, and, he said, and he said, now I understand why they don't like me. Because he was in Afghanistan praying, where they were trying to find beer and, and, and smoking and drinking and, and whatever, whatever, whatever. And, and he was praying and reading his Bible. And he told me, he said, now I know why. Because I'm one big conviction. I said, that's right. I'm going to get you a T-shirt. Walk around. I am one big conviction. Your life is a conviction. Why? Because light and, please hear me, because light and darkness cannot coexist. And soon as you walk in the room and they having a party and they drinking and carrying on, smoking and chewing and going with girls who's doing, 
And they doing all whatever they do. As soon as you walk in the room, oh, here comes all that Jesus stuff. And then you're carrying a Bible and looking all spiritual. <laughs> Messing up our party. I know what I'm talking about because I was like that. When I was in the military, I was like that. They used to call me deacon. I was stationed at Camp Pendleton. And they used to call me deacon because I, I had a minute, I was reading my Bible. If I had a minute, I was studying the word. If I had lunch, I was teaching the Bible to somebody. And, and, and they used to call me deacon. And as and, and, and soon as I came around, oh, here come deacon. Everybody stop using all the bad language. I'm like, that's right. <laughs> and every now and then I'd be in a really good day. And I'd say, you know, they'd go, oh, oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to say that. I'm, Don't worry. You can say everything you want to say. Don't worry about me. God heard every word you said. And they're like, um, that's awkward. And I'm like, <laughs> it is. And I'm glad. I like awkward moments. But, but, but they used to call me deacon. But here's the thing. This is how this works. So you, you, you're holding down your witness for the Lord. And guess what will happen? They'll talk about you. Oh, you deacon. Oh, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. But when they need prayer, guess who they coming to? When trials and circumstances and situations happen in your life, and guess what? They will give it time, live long enough. They will come to you. Hey, Deacon, uh, I talked to you for a minute. Like, so I go over there. And I know they don't want anybody to know that they're talking to the preacher, Deacon. They don't want anybody to know. So I go over there and go, yes, can I help you with something? <laughs> oh, you need prayer. Okay, well, let's pray right now. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. <laughs> Get on. They're like, Psh. not supposed to let anybody know. Why not? <laughs> you see it? Because and it brings division. And that's a good division. I'll tell you what. It is a good division when you're walking with Jesus. Other people are not. That's a good division because you need to be a light in a dark place. You don't need to become like the world. Don't look down on them because you were one of them at one time. But when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you should be different and your light should shine bright for Jesus. Anybody agree with that? Everywhere you go, everything you do, everybody you talk to, your light, people should see Jesus in your eyes. I love it when I meet people and I can see Jesus in them. And I look in their eyes and I go, hey, you're a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian too. How'd you know? I see Jesus in your eyes. Now, I've been wrong about that a time or two. <laughs> hey, you a Christian? No. Uh, <laughs> talking about awkward moments, I'm like, well, <laughs> well, what do you do? Oh, I go up on the highest hill and study my navel lint. It's like, in the lotus position. It's like, oh, okay. Can't be right about everything. You know, it brings a division. Then they say, oh, you Christians, you all guys are, you all brainwashed. Listen, I'll tell you something. I am brainwashed. My brain has been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. I am brainwashed. 
Notice we got to move on. Look at verse 54 through 56. We just read it. Then he also said to the multitudes, you looking at verse 54? Say amen. Then he also said to the multitudes, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say a shower is coming. And so it is. Now keep in mind, listen, that they were an agrarian society. They didn't have news meteorologist Chris Holman's five-day AccuWeather forecast. They didn't have that. And Chris Holman will tell you, oh, it's going to be a beautiful day tomorrow. The winds are coming from the west and pushing out. Oh, it's going to be a gorgeous day tomorrow. And then tomorrow is like hurricanes and storm and power outages and you're cooking on your fireplace. And they never say they're wrong. They never come on and say, you know what? Yesterday, sorry, guys, our bad. They never do that. I digress. But people would rather trust the weatherman and they won't trust the son of man. People will put their trust in Uncle Sam's refund check, even spending it before it comes. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Even spending it before they come, before it comes, but they won't trust God who said, I never seen the righteous forsaken nor the seed begging bread. Listen, I don't care what they, I've told you this before, please indulge me. I don't care what they say about the economy. I don't care what happens to the economy. Don't misunderstand me. I want everybody to be happy and healthy and eat right and have food. I'm all with it. But I don't, I don't look for the economy to get better for my provision. I look to God who said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed big and bread. And, you know, the economy, they want you to be fearful. Oh, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. Everybody's going to die. We're all going to fail. You ain't going to be able to pay your bills. Look, let me tell you something. I am a child of God. God will provide for me. Did we not just talk about, will he provide for a sparrow? He cares about a sparrow. How much more does he care about you? He cares about the lilies of the field. How much more does he care about you? He said, I never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. And even in this bad economy, ain't nobody lost no weight. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.